folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Everybody, welcome into another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar with you, and I want to remind you to go to purpleinsider.com. That's where you can subscribe to all of my written work covering the Minnesota Vikings. And if you could rate and review this podcast, that would be a major, major help. It allows other Vikings fans to find this podcast when they go searching and type in Vikings in whatever podcast app they're using. If you rate and review, this will be the first one that comes up. So it is great. Greatly appreciated. All right, now we welcome into the show Minnesota Vikings tight end Tyler Conklin. Tyler, how are you holding up during coronavirus, sir? I'm holding up. Um, it's actually been a good time for me and my family. It's a lot of quality time. My brother just left for the Navy, so um, it was good to see him a bunch before he had to head out. So uh, definitely had his perks, but um, it's definitely starting to get tough with how long it's been going on for. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, there's only so many things on Netflix that you can watch. Um, what have you been doing to adjust workouts and, and things like that? I know that you guys are on Zoom calls and everything else to learn uh, what you still need to know about the offense, an offense that you were in last year. But keeping yourself in shape cannot be the same as it would have been if you were at the facility, right? Yeah, it's a little more difficult. Um, a good friend of mine right down the street has a, a, like a workup a workout thing set up in his room. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the high schools are locked up, but you can maneuver around some fences and get on the field to get some field work. So, um, I've really just been doing those two things and uh, a little bit of uh, physical therapy just to make my body feel good now that it's, uh, some stuff is kind of start, starting to slightly, uh, open up. But uh, 
those are probably the three main things. All right, Tyler, I want to get into eventually kind of this offense and why it works so well for tight ends. But first, I want people to know you a little better after listening to this podcast. So you were in high school a really, really good basketball player, and that's where you initially uh, went for college on, on a scholarship was to go play basketball. Can we can we talk a little bit about you playing high school basketball? Like, give me the breakdown of what Tyler Conklin is like as a high school basketball player. Oh, uh, first off, a lot smaller, but um, <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, bas- basketball, and football. I played basketball, and football growing up my whole life, and uh, basketball is probably the was really like my my true love growing up. Like I just, you know, I was always in the gym. I was a gym rat. I loved it. Um, and going into high school, uh, our high school program for football was on twenty seven going through my senior year. Oh wow! Ran, ran an unbalanced offense, and just wasn't a very attractive uh, situation. And um, in basketball, we always had a pretty good basketball team for our county and our area. And um, and we just kind of had a special group of of people coming together from the middle schools and all people, um, a lot of people I'm so friends with to this day. And uh, we all ended up going to the same high school and kind of sticking together when a lot of people tend to, you know, maybe go to a private school or, Mm -hmm. you know, try to take maybe what they think is a better route. And uh, we ended up having a really successful uh, high school basketball program. We, uh, Went to the final four of my junior year and lost in the Breslin Center to um, Saginaw. And that was the farthest the team from my county then um, ever. So that was a huge accomplishment for us. And uh, then going to senior year, we're ranked fourth in the state. And, you know, I'm the top 20 player in the state. And, uh, you know, we, we make it to the regional finals and lose a heartbreaking overtime game that we uh, still kind of haunt to this day. But uh, um, just, just, that's a, just had a really successful basketball program. Um, you know, throughout high school, and like I said earlier, football on 27, and um, an unbalanced offense just wasn't, you know, just very attractive. So then my, <laughs> I was, I was kind of trying to decide if I was going to play my senior year, just focus on basketball, and um, I almost didn't play. One of my best friends, uh, he was a quarterback at the time, and he asked me, to, he was like, "Come on, man, we got to play, we got to finish it out." So I ended up playing, and we got a new coach that year. And, uh, when we had like a pre a preseason meeting, you saying. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna host our first ever playoff game, win a playoff game, and everybody kind of sitting there like, yeah, that's uh, that's bullshit. But uh, <laughs> but then you look forward to the end of the season, and we finish the season eight and three, and we win and host our first ever playoff game, and end up losing the district finals. But um, to go from zero and twenty-seven to that was a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and, that that is that is amazing. That's an incredible turnaround. We had a lot of talent. The coaching just wasn't there at the time, and. And football recruiting picked up, and I just kind of, you know, just stuck with what I my true love was at, at that time. I just thought that I didn't want to waste everything I've done for basketball my whole entire life for one good year of football. And uh, I ended up signing early signing period on a full ride to go to Northwood, and another part of the story begins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know what kind of basketball player you were. Like, so you grow up in Michigan. Um, obviously you're too young to know the bad boy Detroit Pistons or at least to have seen them in any other capacity than YouTube and on the Jordan documentary. But uh, would it have been, what, like a Chauncey Billups? Uh, would you have been a Rip Hamilton guy? Were you a Detroit Pistons hey, fan? Rip Hamilton was probably, my, was probably my favorite Pistons on that all four team. But, uh, I mean, I played in high school. I played, I played point guard. I mean, I was – I was six four. I was skinny, 185 pounds. My senior year, graduated. I was pretty skinny, but I was tall point guard, and you know I shot the ball pretty. I shot a mid range jumper pretty well. I was 
I ended up shooting 50% from three, but I shot like 25 from 50. I had a pretty good supporting cast, so I didn't ever think I needed to shoot too much. Um, you know, I thought, when I got to the basket, uh, you know, I had a couple, um, good dunks at, you know, putting people on posters. <laughs> so I think I was a pretty, I was a pretty good all-around basketball player. Um, I mean, I think I was usually, I usually average about 15, 8 and 6 or something along those lines, uh, along those lines. Filling up the box score. You know, it's funny because when you say a tight end used to play basketball, you think of like, you know, six foot seven or something. You know, you think, oh, he must have been a power forward. It must be Tony Gonzalez or it must be Kyle Rudolph. Like, you might be the first point guard turned tight end in history. Yeah, it kind of seems like that because everybody always, you play point guard, and I'm like, I mean, I was 70 pounds lighter. You can't <laughs> I had short hair and no tattoos, and uh, I was like a completely different person at that time in my life. So whenever I say I play point guard, first, no one's like, oh, I'm playing Or they, um, that guy bring up a picture from high school or something, and then no one believes that that's me. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> not making it up. So you're kind of like the freshman year, senior year meme on Twitter, uh, basically the living version of it. So you end up playing basketball just for like one semester and then going to, you know, uh, Central Michigan to play football. Tell me about that decision. Um, yeah, so I played my first seven games at Northwood as a true freshman. Uh, I just I wasn't very happy with where I was at. I just, you know, I promised my family growing up when I was little that, I was going to be the first D1 athlete, and I was going to go pro. I mean, since I was a little kid, every time I used to borrow my mom, borrow money from my mom, I'll pay you back one day when I make it. And, uh, you know, I get to Northwood. It's, it's a smaller Division two school. It's an all-business school, and I signed early signing period. So um, I just really didn't know how to handle that whole college situation, I think, at the time. It was the first for my family. And um, so when I signed early, and I got there, I just felt like I wasn't happy. So – kind of decide ponder between maybe transferring and going to play at a, a mid-major basketball program like UAD or Oakland or Eastern because a lot of those schools recruited me in high school. And um, then I started looking at football and uh, I don't know, it just, I, I loved football growing up and I mean, I had a great senior year and then I ended up getting in touch with Central Michigan and uh, between Central Michigan and Michigan State. And uh Coming out of high school, my junior, junior, they had a junior day and they brought me up there and I left it and I'm like, no, there's no way I play college football. Like, practice was long, the coaches were screaming. I'm like, no, I'm going to stick to basketball. It's hot outside. Uh, and then whatever, three years later, I get in touch with Coach Cummings, who was the recruiter from my area who I talked to throughout college, I mean, throughout high school and asked him if I could walk on because, uh, I didn't have a math class again to Michigan State. They were going to allow me to walk on. I didn't have a math class. So, Coach Cummings essentially gave me the opportunity to walk on and uh, told me I could come for the spring, but it wouldn't guarantee me a spot in the fall for um, the 105-man roster, but they'd give me a shot in the spring. So I ended up transferring and leaving the full-rise scholarship that I mean, my grandparents and stuff didn't think was a great idea at the time and uh, walking on. And I got up there like a week before I was getting there. Coach Cummings actually left and took a job as the offensive line coach at UConn. Huh. So I'm like, the one coach that I knew that recruited me going now, so <clears throat> sorry, but uh, so I'm still going up there, and we get in there, and I mean, I played wide receiver for about my first four weeks, and then uh, they moved me to DM for the last week of spring ball, and uh, I wasn't extremely happy about DM. I was like about 205 pounds. <laughs> right. So it was stressful trying to hold the C gap down, and I mean, rushing the passer was fun, but 
hold the C gap in the run game was a pain in the butt for me when I tore pounds. So ended up going home that summer and uh, working construction, trying to make some money. And uh, I was thinking about going to a small school like, and playing both sports, just football and basketball. And I ended up asking them to move me to tight end. And, I mean, I had a walk-on who been there for a semester, played receiver in DM. And there was a good chance that they just, uh, uh, we're not going to move you. And they ended up moving me, and I went went into camp that next, uh, my sophomore year, like eight, ten out of eight tight ends. And started working my way up. So if I had told you at that point, hey, you're going to be uh, in the NFL <laughs> and play, like not just, uh, hey, you make a practice squad or something, but in the game, in the NFL a few years after that, I mean, what would you have said? Uh, I would have believed it 100%. I don't know. Growing up, I just always felt like I was destined to – I mean, growing up, I thought it was basketball, but like, as soon as I moved, I just always believed it. I mean, watching other tight ends and um, – Learning what I could do and how fast I was growing, I just I had a great tight end coach at Central Michigan and uh, Coach Jerome Moore, who's now at Michigan. I mean, he was uh, huge for me having to transition and being that raw and being uh, as good of a coach as he was. So I truly always believed it. Um, I always tell people like it is kind of hard to believe that I felt that way because you know it just seems like such a long shot. I mean, you tell your parents you want to go to that play in the NFL or NBA, and you know they want to believe in you because they're your kid, your their kids, but. I mean, it's just a long shot. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. I can say, I honestly always truly believe that I make it happen. You know, it doesn't really shock me that you say that. I mean, the odds, of course, were probably 0.001 at the time that you became a tight end uh, in the MAC conference of actually becoming an NFL tight end. But uh, to, in order to put in the dedication and the work ethic that it would take to go from where you were to where you are now, you would have to have a preposterous amount of belief in yourself, I think. Because otherwise you'd just be like, well, you know, whatever, I got the scholarship. And, and I think that a lot of players are like that. Like They, they never see that as any t- type of reality. So why put in the, the type of effort that it takes? I mean, it, it must have, um, it, it, there has to be something there in order to drive you. Right. Yeah, and I think you hit it kind of <clears throat> perfectly right there. With uh, when I first got the central, I, mean, I figured every D one, you know, that was huge for me. I'm like, okay, first goal done. I told my parents I'd be a D one athlete. I did it, um, and I get there and I, you know, I talk to people. And one of my roommates at the time was uh, an offensive lineman. I remember just walking and talking to him, and he was saying how he wanted when he was done, he wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was just weird to me because I'm thinking like everybody that played at the Division One level as a football player, like, why would you not think or want to play in the NFL? Like, why would that not be the number one goal if you already made it this far? That was number five my freshman year. Uh, I ran like my second semester there, and that really always shocked me. I forget that. So I just it was. But I understand everybody has a different, you know, a different goal. Some people use it to go to school and get to where they want to be. And for me, it was just always the goal for me to be a professional athlete. So. Um, I kind of realized that reality pretty early in my career. All right, before we continue the discussion, I have to tell you about Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on right now in our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. 
and live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel. You can find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they are calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. I wonder um, when it was during your Central Michigan career that you felt like that could be a reality. Um, I would probably say I mean, when I first got to Central, uh, I mean I didn't even know how to get to a locker room properly. I mean, it was <laughs> such it was such a whirlwind. It took me about six months for the higher business to get to the locker room so fast compared to how I was doing it. And um, then going into my sophomore year after moving to be an eight tight end, I had eight tight ends and. You know, kind of see, comparing myself to people and seeing where I, you know, how I felt in the, in, in the reality of things. And kind of, when I finally played after I sat out a year and a half after redshirting, um, I played behind Ben McCord, who was a uh, dude, a guy in front of me. And he was, he was a good tight end from the same area, from Macomb County. And uh, he ended up having like 550 yards, I think, five touchdowns. did a good, junior, uh, good senior year. And um, after watching him do that, I just uh, felt that, and there was no way I wasn't going to go to that. I fell and get drafted. I just thought that, but I know he was getting, uh, I was watching him do his workouts or he would, you know, talk to me about his NFL teams would come and work him out or how the process was going for him. And, uh, so probably my sophomore year being a backup behind him and, um, kind of moving my way up to second string. I just really saw how, how well he, how good he was as a player and what was happening for him. And I knew what I could be as a player. And, um, that's probably about the time I realized I could do it. Such a long road to get there, but attainable at a position like yours if you have a certain skill set that I think that basketball tends to translate really well to being either a receiver or a tight end. For some reason, I know Adam Thielen is the same way. He was a terrific basketball player, and there's something about being able to track the ball. I don't know what exactly it is, but with him, he's so good, like the footwork when the ball's coming his way. Is there some connection there? I've never really been able to quite put it together, but it almost seems like guys who dominate at basketball are really great at that, like that, like the you know contested catches and things like that that made you really stand out uh, in college. Well, first I'm gonna have to. I gotta see Adam play one of these days first before I can see how dominant he was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think the main thing that always kind of popped up to me would ask me at first. I think everybody wants to say, like, "Oh, rebound," and I think it's more just the fluidity, fluidity that comes along with basketball. Um, you know, it's such a reaction game, whether you're on offense, defense, jumping for a rebound, trying to steal the pass. Uh, just the fluidity of uh, in the rhythm that kind of comes along with being a good basketball player, especially if you're handling the ball. I mean, that translates right to releases and things of that nature. And then rebounding, offense, defense, rebounding both, just the react, reacting and um, being able to have a second jump or, you know, going up and competing for the ball at the top, at this highest point. I mean, those are things that really translate um, immediately, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. And just sort of a general coordination, like if you don't have that, it's going to be really tough. I uh, will tell you that one time Delvin Cook did not believe that I could shoot from deep. And uh, so he challenged me and came to the park near my house, and I made 29 out of 53s. So someday there's got to be a media versus player three-point contest, and I will lead the way. Oh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be down for that. I'm not <laughs> going to make a bet if you shot like that. But 
Yeah, and with a little wind, I'll throw it out there. He he bet me that I couldn't make 30 because that's what I usually do. I usually shoot 50 when I go to play and usually somewhere in the 30 range. I made 29, so it was a little short. But there is video evidence of this. Uh, so I'll have to show you sometime when we're allowed to be back near each other. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really interested, Tyler, in making the team and, and carving out a role for yourself with the Vikings because it's so tough, man. I mean, you, you come from, from the MAC, which is a great conference. You mentioned a lot of NFL players were there. I don't know if you ever crossed paths. Maybe Khalil Mack was too early for you in the MAC um, conference. Yeah, he was too early. But, uh, you know, so here's a guy who was a top draft pick. So I, I don't mean to downplay that at all. But the jump from college to the NFL, even for guys at Bama, is massive. You carve out a role for yourself, and you've got this tight end room that might be the best in the NFL with Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and, and yourself. Um, do you remember going into that first training camp and your mentality and trying to make an impression right away as a guy who was taken in the fifth round? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I always told people that being a walk-on probably was the best thing that ever happened to me because uh, it taught me how to, you know, prevail over adversity. It taught me how to be at the very bottom and work your way up. I think I was at the very bottom at the fifth-round pick. But in the essence, you can be when you have a, a tight end room you had. At that time, David Morgan was a, uh, a very good tight end, obviously rooting the pro bowler. Um, so just the things that I learned, you know, is keeping quiet until you're in your stripes and just trying to, you know, make a name for yourself by what you do and not what you say were all big things for me. Um, my rookie year. I mean, our rookie year was tough. My pulled my hamstring in rookie mini camp and didn't participate in any OTA. So the first time I was in a huddle or even got a snap was in camp. Um, that makes I mean that was tough for me learning the playbook without ever doing that really. Um, so rookie year definitely had its bumps, but I mean, I just always had faith in the tight end I am. I mean, I, um, just the way I move, the way I uh, run my routes and like I was going to say, I mean, I was more of a pass catching tight end in college. I, you know, I've kind of been in the role of doing a lot of blocking so far, and I think it's been good for me because I've really uh, proved on it this time. And I've kind of been showing people that it's something I can do when people doubted that I couldn't. Um, and that's what, I mean, got me here today is, uh, you know, being good at the things that, and getting better at things that I couldn't do or people said I couldn't do. So, um, just, you know, finding my weaknesses and getting better at them has really helped me, I think, uh, find a role on this team. Now, I don't know how much you knew about Gary Kubiak before he came here, but um, there are guys throughout the past who became really, really successful as tight ends, whether it was in the the star type of role like a Shannon Sharp or uh, it was in sort of – you know, a number two receiving option type of role like Owen Daniels, or even there were guys throughout his history who were number three tight ends who would come in and make big plays for their team under Kubiak. The man loves his tight ends. He loves his big personnel, uh, you know, 13 personnel, things like that. Um, Did you know how much tight ends were used in that system before he got here? And what was your kind of reaction when you started to install the offense and see like, uh, this is really different from what you had before with John Filippo. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know a good amount about it, and I was really excited about it. I mean, anytime you can go and um, let me go back, like you said, we have one of the best tight end rooms in the in the NFL, and you have three athletic tight ends that can we can all block, we can all run around, we can all catch. Um, I think we're all uh, well-rounded tight ends. So, and he comes in with a system where he likes to use tight end, and we can all help each other out, whether it's packages or someone needs a breather. Or, Things of that nature, and um, I mean, I've just even going into the year. I mean, I'm even more excited going into this year. Um, just uh, 
installing stuff and seeing kind of you can kind of see like some of their ideas and plans and um I don't know, it has me really excited for year three. Well, yeah, I think if you're a tight end, then this is like the offense for you. Before I let you go, Tyler, um, this podcast in particular, we love to really go, you know, deep dive into football-y football things. So I want you to break down something for me that you think is like one of the more challenging things for a tight end. So I'll leave it open. If it's blocking a defensive end, if it's running a double move down the field, and then explain like why it is high-level difficult. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, so the stuff I feel most comfortable with as a tight end is route running. I mean, I, I don't get it. I haven't had a ton of opportunities to do it so far in my NFL career, but um, I'm excited when the opportunity does come because that's where I, I feel most comfortable is running around, catching the ball. But the most difficult thing probably for me is probably, you know, you got to start along and you're in protection. You got Ron Miller, uh, you know, an explosive fast DN that's lined up in a wide, a wide nine technique. And, um, I mean, that's just a hard angle. I mean, for me, I, a lot of times when I get around here, I want to hop, turn my body completely and maybe try to warm or something when I feel it instead of kind of, you know, staying square and, and slowly kind of kicking back, even though it's hard to kind of kick back from a square stance. Um, that's probably one of the most difficult things so far because, uh, Half throw is not something that's major in as a tight end. I mean, you're not always in pass play, not in a ton. You might not be in it at all in the game. You might be in it a lot in the game. And, uh, I mean, there might be just a crucial third down where you got to be in there and man up and make a key block. So I think that's uh, a really difficult thing about being the tight end. Was there someone you blocked where you were kind of like, this is actually sort of cool that I blocked this person? Um, because, you know, the, the amount of edge rushers in the league right now that are great, I mean, there are, what, two dozen who you would almost put under the elite or extremely, extremely dangerous type of category? Yeah, and they're all freak athletes. And, I mean, I think it wasn't pass pro, but I think the, the Dallas game, uh, I think I played 30-plus snaps in the Dallas game. It was a huge game for us at that point in the season. Um and I thought I had a really good run black game against Demarcus Lawrence and uh, some of their front was a really good front. So um, that's probably the game and one of the players that kind of stuck up to me, stuck out to me throughout that game. Is I, I think I played really well in the run game. Well, anytime you can run ten straight times and score a touchdown against a team, you know that there is probably a fullback who did something right couple of tight ends who did something right. That was a, a really unique drive that you don't see very often in 2019 to be able to do that. And uh, obviously you played a huge role in that game. So, Tyler, it has been extremely cool to catch up with you, get the background story. At some point we'll shoot some hoops together, and uh, I'll show you off the, the jumper from downtown. I, ha- I have no other talents, by the way. It's just this, athletically. It's just this one thing. It's like a circus trick. I can shoot lots of threes, nothing else. So I'm sure you're much better at all the other parts of basketball. But a very, very cool background story. I mean, there are some guys who um, are the best high school player in their state and are you know top draft picks and everything else and work their way up to the NFL. And you have a very different and unique route, and I think that's awesome. No, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. But uh... If we have that contest, you're going to have to hit 30 this time. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're trash talking already. I will be prepared for that. 